As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to The Athletic NBA Show, Monday through on The Athletic Podcast Network. Hello, Athletic NBA Show listeners. I'm Dave DeFore. I wanted to share some exciting news. The NBA Daily Ding is moving permanently to the Athletic NBA Show feed. That's right. Monday through Friday, you're going to be able to catch up on all of the previous night's action in the time it takes to make coffee. Fancy coffee. So join me, Andrew Schleck, Trevon Edwards, Keith Parrish, Jared Weiss, our special guests, and your favorite athletic beat writers as we break down the previous night's action and all of the news from the day before. Your friends are going to think you're a basketball genius. Be sure to tell them why, though. Make sure you check us out Monday through Friday right here on the Athletic NBA Show for the NBA Daily Day. Well, I wish I'd have known. That would have helped, you know, so. If you'll reflect on it live. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the neat part. And honestly, I had no idea that I was at 999. I, I don't count. That's not why I do it. Um, and, and basically, winning, getting this thousand win, being shorthanded, um, you know, uh, being in Chicago uh, means a lot. And it also means I'm very... Cut! 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 Oh, come on, guys. We've, we've got one shot at this. Where's James? You ready to go, LeBron? Where's, where's the powder? Love James! It. Just remember. James! It's not a lie if you believe it. Whoa. New York strip steak? Ooh. This is the Basketball Buds. Braised beef short ribs? With Zach Harper and your favorite athletic writer. Get mad at me, bro. I'm gone. Welcome to the Basket Buds edition of the Athletic NBA Show podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Zach Harper. We got Trevon Edwards. We got Marcus Thompson. We got Mo Dakiel. And we've got a hell of a show for you. Robert Sarver in trouble. Neil O'Shea in trouble. Sixers not in trouble. What else are we going to talk about? The Warriors. We'll get a Warriors update from Marcus Thompson, maybe a book plug or two. We'll talk about the Lakers and their latest demise. Plus, we'll give you a surprise team, either good or bad by the end of the show. That's what we call anywhere from a 30 to 45 minute tease right there in the business. All right, guys, as we know, the NBA season is upon us. We're like three weeks in, which means time for a scandal. And so ESPN has reported a very extensive uh, a very extensive story, 17 years of Robert Sarver allegedly using some racist language, uh, some sexual harassment, some, uh, you know, some just bad, toxic work environments. There's a story of him using the N-word uh, with Earl Watson. Earl Watson put his name on that story. There's stories of him uh, pantsing someone at an ALS ice bucket challenge, which sounds like a Mad Libs. Uh, there's stories of just up and down of all kinds of these, you know, these really heinous work environment stuff. Sarver has denied pretty much everything except the pantsing. I think that's the only thing where he's like, yeah, sorry, I did that. Everyone laughed though. So it's good. Um, I think he, he didn't deny a story about joking around with Taylor Griffin, Blake Griffin's brother about uh, shaving his testicles. 
um, and what that's done for his sex life with his wife. Um, he didn't deny passing a picture of his wife in a bikini around um, in which he was saying that he was just using it for like, hey, here's a potential sponsor in a catalog. Call them if you want. But this is what the bikini looks like. Like, it's just a, it was a lot of weird over explanations. And so, look, I don't there's no like smoking gun on this other than. Earl Watson puts his name on it. Corliss Williamson puts his name on it. Someone else in the business department, I can't remember the name um, off the top of my head, they put their name on it. And everything else is anonymous sourcing. And there's some like, obviously the the, the racial stuff is very serious. They're, like The thing that maybe hit me the most, Marcus, is the idea that, you know, it was it was anonymous sourcing, but that people were, you know, there were women like contemplating suicide or at least one woman contemplating like suicide she was so miserable with with the work environment and stuff and that's when i'm like look not that any of this stuff is okay if it's true but when you have that kind of impact on something um you know that it just takes it to obviously a, a much darker level and and so the nba is investigating uh we'll see where that goes but marcus how did you digest this story the denials by by sarver and the sons i think the sons have put out like no shit, like nine statements since before the article came out, um, denying whatever whatever would be in there and then denying whatever was in there. So, Marcus, how do you, how do you digest this Robert Sarver story? I find myself surprised, even though I know I shouldn't be. It's still like it's like gasping at the at the scary part of a movie that you know is coming. Uh, like this stuff isn't surprising that people behave this way that people feel so like entitled that you know they could behave this way is there's nothing like there's no like uh uh, breaking news in the fact that a rich uh governor of a team you know thinks he could just do whatever he wants like that's not actually news in this sense but still reading the details and the collection of anecdotes it's still just, it's still something like wow about it. There's still like a, a craziness to it that this somebody is really functioning this way. Uh, I, I'm, I, I kind of think I'm with you. Like there isn't the smoking gun you expected, right? And we, we already have a precedent with Donald Sterling. So I kept waiting for that. Oh, he's done moment. Oh, this is it. He's done. Like the evidence, the video, the pictures, whatever. Right. But it's just that part wasn't there, which... Which was a bit disappointing, I would say, because I, people like that should, you know, you. I, I want the smoking gun because I, I, I'd rather you not be a part of this industry if that's how you roll. So I kind of was disappointed in that that element. But shout out to Earl Watson, man, because he was a G. Corliss Williamson, uh, a renowned G. They put their name on it. They didn't dunk. They didn't duck it. And they gave a voice to the people who've been abused and disrespected and treated like crap and disenfranchised. And I got a lot of respect for them for doing that. Yeah. Trey with, with this thing, you know, I, I don't expect, unless the NBA uncovers something in their investigation, that is the smoking gun of like, here's video of him saying this stuff. Here's video of him acting in a way that is not okay. I don't expect them. I like, it's not, I don't, I would be shocked if it resulted in the loss of the franchise in which he had, he was forced to sell. Um, I think maybe we'll get a maximum fine, which I can't raise either five or $10 million or something like that. We might see a suspension away from the team. He's not allowed to be around the team for a year or two. Um, but I don't think it's going to be a Donald Sterling situation. I don't see that happening at all based on what's there. So if that's the case, then what? Like what, like, how do you expect players to, to act in this, you know, or, or react in this? Like what, what do you, what do you think comes after that? I mean, you have the former players president on, on, on basically playing for you. Um, and it's, it's kind of crazy that, you know, Chris Paul has to go through two terms of this, but um, still, like you mentioned, there's nothing, I guess, right. As of now, nothing like no evidence <laughs> outside of word of mouth. And, I think I think the biggest thing would probably be a fine or a separation from the team, but he's going to remain the owner of the Suns, you know, like moving forward. But yeah. um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's interesting to kind of pull back the lens on it, but I think they're going to still play, um, you know, and continue to do what they do. Like Monty Williams said, like if this happened on his watch, he probably wouldn't be there. Um, and you know, he's going to continue to keep his guys focused and you know handle this on the off season i feel if anything but i don't think yeah. it's going to be a full distraction right now because guys want to play 
and they're doing it for the fans and not not only for themselves. So I think this is just kind of like something that they really want to move on from, um, but still acknowledge. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And I, I want like I, this is going to be a long investigation. This is like the reason I mean, Mo, you remember this, like the reason there was so much, <laughs> you know, so quick of, of action with with Adam Silver was a few reasons. But one, the other owners hated Donald Sterling. I don't get the sense that they hate Robert Sarver um, or or dislike him, especially not in that way Two, um they were about to lose a playoff game or two. Right. Like there was right, like right. that, yeah, that was about to be were like, we, yeah. we ain't going for this. Yeah. Exactly. Players were like, no, 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 no. We're going to we're going to boycott this thing or we're going to walk out or something. And so we don't have that here. And so I don't think this is going to I, I think I'd be shocked if we have any kind of update before 2022. I mean, just even the reaction first game back. Right. Like the Clippers, when we had that, it was game. We we're going into game four against the Warriors and the guys were wearing the shooting shirts inside out. You know, everybody had a black band around their their arms to kind of protest this a little bit. And then obviously game five, there was a real threat of full on, we're not coming out to play type deal. Yeah, so, they were like, we're not playing. <laughs> and and the out. Warriors were in on it. And, you know, it's we've seen it before. We saw it in the bubble, right? Like once one team kind of stands up, the other team sort of back them up. So I think the NBA, the big thing was, they were going to lose bottom line dollars. That was the thing. And the other NBA owners didn't care if the Clippers were just going to lose money. But as soon as it was like, oh, you're going to hurt my pockets as well with this. Yo, he's got to go. Because the story of Sterling being racist was not new. We all knew this. I knew this in 2006 when I started working there as an intern. Yeah. It, it, was in, it, it was in it was in court <laughs> judgments. Like, like, yo, this dude's a slumlord and he's, and he's not allowing – Black and brown people, you know, certain things, certain, yeah. you know, certain yeah, basic he was rights. a particular slumlord for yes. a certain group of people. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yes. And his misogynistic habits showed up in there as well. So all of this was there. So it's like, and, and, and you guys, we've all said it. The most important thing was there was the smoking gun, right? There's an audio recording of him using the word and just kind of everything he was saying. It's just so different with Sarver. I look at the Sarver situation more kind of like, the Mark Cuban situation with the sexual harassment stuff in his offices, you know, and I think most likely, I don't even think he'll get banned a year, Zach, if when, whenever yeah, they mean, do maybe come not. back, yeah. you know, I think they, they suspended uh, Cuban for what, like a game or two. And I felt like that had more, you know, that had police reports that had others, like yeah, more, even more that's stuff, it, yeah. you know? So it's, I, I don't know really what's going to come of it with Sarver unless something else gets uncovered. That's um, the element of this thing that we got to remember. Like the people who would have to discipline Sarver are his, are the other owners. Right. And even when they had the audio, right? Even when it was clear Sterling was wild, you had like owners like Cuban, like, hold on, do we really want to this precedent? Like, yeah, right? yeah. So, like it took it took that it took like players walking out of a playoff game or threatening to it took audio evidence it took like a dude they kind of didn't want their miss anyway and they still were like yeah do we want to set this precedent what happens if it's us so that that's the bar we're talking about like that's it's not like about how wrong or how right he is it's about the other 29 owners agreeing to a standard to oust one of themselves and whatever they do in this situation becomes fair game for the next time it's somebody else. And you know, that's what they're thinking about. Um, we can move on to, to another, another potential scandal well, here. One, one question. Sorry. One question. Yeah. When was the last time somebody found panting somebody funny? Like maybe like in elementary school, like what? Yeah, like I think of. I don't like, know for high school so for what, me, but that was roughly twenty way, years like, ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, what, I'm just saying it's not what even. What is pantsing? I don't pull, know what that is. Pulling so basically, pants pulling down? pulling down somebody's pants oh, in like front wedgie. of a crowd. Like no, 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 no. You just you just pull your pants, pull somebody's pants down unknowingly, like they're not. Yeah, you like standing behind them. Oh, people do that. Yeah, that was like a thing to. Well, see. That was a part of hazing for freshmen when, I, when mm-hmm. I was back in high school. So, you know, yeah. but they would do it and you didn't know if they were wearing underwear. We didn't know what's you under there. You know what was going on, yeah. Yeah, so when you, you pull might be going somebody, commando. You yeah, you don't even pants. know what's popping. So you just getting a whole surprise. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's just kind of totally to embarrass somebody. But in this climate in 2021, that's not flying at all, ever. 
I mean, I pants my wife before in the kitchen. Like, I'm all right. Oh, well, but that's right. enough. Right. Right. Jack, move on, please. Is... Sorry, I'm sorry I brought that up. Sorry, yeah, that's my uh, fault. Yeah, thanks, Mo. Uh, <laughs> by the way, Trey's saying you get a whole surprise. Like, that's got a, a lot of phrasing issues there on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where are you pantsing people? Like, on, on a no, set of, like, are you with Dirk Diggler? That like, who's happen... not wearing underwear out here? This Yo, is crazy. that would happen at school. You never know what some of these nasty kids are doing. You know, like, you know what's going on. Um, yeah, no, that was a, that was a, I'm with Trey. Like that was a 20 year ago, like high school situation for sure. For sure. That's, that's what it was. Um, I definitely remember that happening back and I went to all boys high school. So it was just, a, you know, there's a lot of repression there and stuff. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on to another potential scandal. We got news from the trailblazers, uh, earlier this week that, uh, they are investigating the workplace environment of Neil O'Shea, um, apparently there have been some, uh, I don't know if harassment's the right word. It's like toxic. It's bullying potentially. Uh, you know, these are kind of the things being thrown around. We don't have, as of recording, we don't have the incident that has sparked all this, but the Blazers are investigating their own workplace, um, because of some, some accusations not yet revealed about Neil O'Shea. Uh, I'm noticing a, a trend here. First, I thought it was a Chris Paul thing. Because, you know, Donald Sterling and then Robert Sarver. But, but you know, Mo worked for the Clippers back then. Mo has worked for Neil O'Shea before. Maybe it's a maybe it's a Mo Dakiel thing. So maybe we need to be careful on this podcast of what happens. But, Mo, um, you, Man, see this story. Pocket, yeah. you see right. this story. Right. <laughs> you see this story. Well, you see this story come up. And, again, like we're in the dark. So I don't want to spend too much time on it speculating. Uh, but you're we're we're in the dark on this. Like. When you see that come up, what's your reaction? I mean, it's it's tough because, like, I look at it and I go, having worked with Neil, now, I've never experienced it when I was with the Clippers or anything like that. Um, it's I, But I could kind of see possibly something happening in terms of it just being a little bit of a tough work environment, a little bit stressful. I could see also, you know, him making jokes that go the wrong way, you know, and and, and – you know, just cracking jokes on somebody and things like that. So I, I, without knowing anything, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me either way. If this is just like, Hey, he made some jokes and somebody got offended or this was like heavier, more serious, real toxic work environment type thing. And I just want to note, it's been over like eight years since I've been in the NBA. So I, mm. I don't have that much uh, mm. to do with this Zach, as and much as you're, you're trying to pin. And yet you're right in the news, Mo. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is a, this is an excerpt from, uh, from Jason Quick's article kind of priming this thing. Um, quote, O'Shea swears a lot. He rants often and he has little patience for incompetence. Catch him at the wrong time. And all three of these traits can manifest into a red face, vein popping tornado of anger. For the past 10 years, the norm around the trailblazers has been to check the Olshay weather forecast. Bad mood, best to steer clear of the storm. And then a quote from a former employee, he will talk to you however he wants and treat you however he wants. People literally avoid walking his way in the office. Now, I don't want to be flipping about this. I don't want to like say this isn't a big deal. I think the shocking thing to me, and maybe this is just a part of sports that will that is getting ironed out, is when I see that without knowing what the incidents are, to me, my reaction was like, yeah, sounds like pro sports. And I don't know, like, I don't know if that makes it okay, but Marcus, like I, I like absent of absent of what that incident is until we get more from the investigation and the reporting on this. Um, I kind of just like shrug. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what we do with this. We note it. And then I guess move on until we get more. But like, I, I did like my reaction was just like, yeah, sounds like a pro sports team to me. Only problem is like the front office is actually not pro sports and they need to not act like it. It's a corporate environment. Like, that's true. Yeah, that's, go, that's a good go point. Yes. Like it's a locker room in there. Right. But you know what I thought immediately, Zach? I was like, oh, I don't know if this is true at all. This is just my little mind. But I'm thinking, oh, man, Robert Sarver is not going down easy. Oh, you think <laughs> he's just people out? We got a Washington this football is, team situation? This is, this, is, this, is, this is Sarver on, oh, on the stand oh, like Nino Brown. Think of that. Yeah. <laughs> think of, Look, this this ain't even a report. This is Portland self snitching. Like, yeah. like why now? This is so rad. I'm like, yo, this server is like, yo, I'm taking all y'all down with me. The whole project is coming down. <laughs> we won't have enough owners for the NBA at that point. Right. If it, this is uh, a deep thing. Uh, to me, the other thing I thought too though was like, 
Oh, they're they're just trying to find cause to fire Neil Olsen. Yes, yeah, I thought that as well. That's a that's a good point because that that has been very contentious over the last year or two. Do you think Portland. that because he after the uh, the Chauncey hire that was kind of botched that wasn't enough? Um, I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> this is what I think is like once Dame starts saying. Oh yeah, I'm st- like I'm Rip City till I die, and he's rapping about it and everything. Then and then this comes out later. I'm like, oh, someone's trying to appease Dame if he's not too happy because it didn't sound like he was too happy with the direction of this organization. Yeah, and then also like, didn't Neil sign an extension relatively recently? This is a way of trying to get fire him and not have to pay him. Maybe you know, in, in terms yeah. of cause and and you've created a bad work environment and things like that. I think that's that might be their way of trying to get out of paying Neil. And and firing him at the same time, but why? I don't understand why they did this. This is like you know how in college where a school will announce an investigation to like curb what the NCAA is going to do, right. like some dirt's about to come out. I just that's the part that's is kind of throwing me for a loop. Why are not only are they doing an investigation? Why are they announcing it? It would be one thing if like Jason Quick like did some digging being a great reporter and came up with it these dudes like self snitched in public and they could have did this investigation privately and then came with the results <laughs> no i think you're right i think this is a someone's trying to get this dude out of here situation um which yeah like after the whole like the way even just the the optics of the press conference for chauncey Billups, right Right. Just that and the way he seemed to be like, yeah, that's an in-house thing. Like, you don't need to know how we did our investigation. You don't need to do this, which may be true, but we never get that. We never get that kind of defiance and the whole like botch PR thing of not allowing Jason Quick to ask a very reasonable question. Um, yeah, maybe that that's just the case. felt fireable to me. I'm sorry. Like, that's yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> like hey, get him up out of here. This yeah, is yeah, yeah, maybe you're right on this. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Uh, all right, let's get to some real basketball. We're going to do this. Uh, we have Marcus Thompson covers the Warriors. He's also written three books about the NBA, two of which I own. Uh, Golden about <laughs> Steph Curry. We've got, I'm sorry, The Miraculous Rise of Steph Curry. We've got uh, KD. What's that one called, Marcus? What's the the Kevin Relentless Drew? Pursuit to Relentless be the Greatest. Pursuit. Yes. Hey, Trey, I need your address so I can send you a signed Mother, copy of the book. I, I swear it, to God. But I'll send it again. Yeah. Uh, I guess I have to send mine again, too. I know you now, sent it, but I just kind of, I just needed to jab Zach in that way. Yeah. Mar- Marcus, do you need mine? No, yeah. he's good. Um, this is, uh, the new book is Dynasties. <laughs> the answer. I didn't even get the yes. Yes, Ma, I need your <laughs> Zach, you shady. <laughs> Dynasties and Ted Goat te- teams franchise. What is it? It's a long. It's a lot of long titles. We talked about this on the radio this morning. Like you've got some long ass titles, dude. I'm, I I one thousand percent agree with you. Like so, like Golden, the miraculous rise of Steph Curry is kind. Like I get it in that sense, right? It's almost a bit perfect in that way. Mm-hmm. But like the KD, the answer is like all right. You know, now you're pushing the boundaries. And this one is just wild, yo. It's just like they just put a paragraph afterwards. But I'm telling you, this must be the new trend. I must have started a new trend because after we talked about this on the radio, I went to my bookshelf. And you're uh-huh. right. Like the OG legendary books, they don't have all the words. It's but the new <laughs> titles. Yeah, the, the new words. titles, yo. <laughs> it's like a million words. I was just like, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not, I don't choose the title, but I'm with you on it. The great, like, the whole the great- paragraph afterwards. 
the great David Halberstam book, right? The breaks of the game. Two of those words are barely words of the, those don't count. Like you just look at breaks game that you just look for the bold things, right? I, I, yeah. I mean, I said this to you and then I went and looked at my bookshelf and I'm like, yo, this just popped off in like 2010 where 2015 <laughs> with these hella long titles. They're like, what the heck happened? Right. Yeah, like, dynasties, the 10 goat teams that changed the NBA forever, uh, which I'm sure you can get in bookstores everywhere. But, before I get your take on the Golden State Warriors, Trey, are you considering the Warriors contenders already before we even see what Klay Thompson looks like? Because they are playing unbelievable basketball to start the season. Uh, contenders is, is such a, it's like saying classic for an album. I won't say mm. that C word. So um, I think they're looking really good. I think that bringing Andre back was great because now, like, you know, as mentioned, he's already talking to Jordan Poole about coming back to the bench and, you know, sacrificing for the team. And I think they have the right guys in the locker room to help. You know what I mean? And then also with Clay coming back, I think Clay going to do his thing, you know. Um, but they're rolling, man. And, and guys starting to know their roles and they're competing hard. But, um, I, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't I don't really want to. I don't really want to drink the Kool-Aid and just say yes. So I'm going to push back and say no, but they're looking really good. Yeah, the the West, I think what makes it look better for them is the West is kind of off to a slow start, right? Lakers yeah. look like trash, which we'll get into in a little bit. Um, the Suns haven't looked great coming out of the gate. Uh, Utah is Utah, but you're going to question them until they prove in the playoffs. And so the Warriors, Mo, I think like their their schedule has been actually kind of weak so far. But they're dominating so much in those games that that's what contenders look like, right? Like they like, oh, got a weak opponent. Let's let's smash them. Like I think that's that's the reason. Like I'm kind of buying it more than I would based on who they've played. Yeah, like they're doing what they're supposed to do, right? Beating the teams they're supposed to beat and doing it by a, a wide margin. So that makes sense. But I'm kind of with Trey and just like I don't want to call them contenders until we see what Clay looks like because that's what would make them a contender. You know, and you're right in that the West is so weird this year that it probably could just be considered contenders with just how the fact nobody's really kind of looked great in the Western Conference besides them and, and Utah. But when Clay comes back, it's just he's coming back from not playing basketball from in two years. And then when it's an Achilles injury, it just there tends to be other injuries the following season. Even yeah. KD yesterday came back. Or, or, yes, last year came back, looked great when he was on the court. But wasn't on the court a lot. Hamstrings, knee soreness, things like that. Like your body is trying to adjust to the Achilles injury itself and and how to respond to it now. And I'm not sure we're going to get a great look at Clay in terms of just feeling like we're going to get a great season out of Clay just because of that. Or it's going to take a long while. So for me, that's why I don't think they're going to be contenders by the time uh, everything rolls around. Um, Jazz fans want to hate this podcast, right? Oh yeah, for sure. We just dismiss them constantly. Just well, we're not going to care until playoffs. Like, let's just be honest. Yeah, they're, I mean, I put them Milwaukee. in the power rankings that are coming out uh, today on Monday, as we're recording this on a Sunday. But I put that I was like, look, I get you guys are mad that they're not in the contenders tier, but like, I don't. Aside from a major move, I like I. They're in that mode of like, I got to see it in the playoffs, and that's frustrating because there's nothing you can do to prove that until then, right? There's literally nothing they can do. Whereas Marcus, the Warriors, they have a couple of guys who have proven it before. And then a bunch of dudes that are just on the roster, but look very competent and in a part of the system. And I'm just like, yeah, you guys look like contenders to me. Including one Jordan Poole. Let's uh, let's go ahead. Here we go. Here we go. And get get that out there. No, I'm with I'm with Trey mostly because like you know, as someone who's covered the Warriors for a long time, I just automatically have this defense mechanism up. Like ah, you're a homer if you say it right. But I do think I I think both things are true. I think they're better than a lot of people thought uh, without Clay and and uh, Wiseman. I think they're hovering around four, five, six. And I think if everything clicks well, they could really they could really surprise some people. I just don't think we've seen that yet. 
Mm-hmm. I think they've beat some teams that they should beat. They've got this nice home run, and they're a good team. So you you just have to deal with them. But Steph is not playing that well yet. I'm not sure this defense is as good as it is. Whoa, like they're the top defense hold in the on league. a second. What I'm do you not mean? Sure. Man, they they just have a lot of they they look exceptional on defense, and I just wonder if that if they're uh, you know you could be a top ten defense and still be a great defense, but right now they're right. just shutting people completely down, and it's like what it's just hard to believe right now. It's just it just seems weird. They're starting they're starting Steph and Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, Looney and Draymond, right? Like. Is this like? Does that just sound like the, the lights out defensive unit? They're bringing in Otto Porter, Nemanja Bjelica. Like, where are these dramatic defenders at? Right? Lee, where are these right, yeah. yeah, like somehow they're like thirty-eight-year-old the Andre Iguodala, who's like totally rejuvenated by Bay Area water because he just looks he looks really good. <laughs> is that what it is? The water in the Bay Area? It's got to be something about yeah. the A. You know, you know, maybe, you know, something else in the Bay, but uh, yeah. I, I do Uh-oh. think they're really good. And to me, this is important because it just takes the panic away from Harry and Clay back because Mo's right. Like, it all hinges on Clay mm-hmm. and it all hinges on Clay being at a certain level, like, you know, like you got to be 80%, 80% clay. They, they're legit. Right. But you, you kind of got to make sure that happens. And you, you, this dude ain't played since June of 2019. That's a long time to be out. So the winning now and racking up these wins against these teams, uh, who, who are beatable, but you got to play well to beat them. It's a good thing because now they can kind of be patient with Clay and not just rush him in here. Because if they were right now like five and five or whatever, right? You know, if they were looking like the Lakers, Clay might be playing tomorrow. Yeah, like he'd, he'd be out there posted in the corner, right? Yo, like, there was nothing. Now it's like, yo, take your time, Clay. Him in his regular ass clothes doing a doing an exercise bike interview was so funny. It was so perfectly Clay Thompson. Like he wasn't in workout gear. It's, he was it's in unbelievable. Clothes. And he was and, and the crazy part is he was more entertaining than just about anybody they can put on the air. Right. Right. Like, of course. Put that dude on a workout bike and hit, like he he's kinda paying attention to what they're saying, but he's really watching the game. So when something yeah. happens, he's like commenting on the game while he, and it's all very natural. Like the dude he just falls into greatness accidentally. It's the, the, the TV feed is incredible. The T V feed should just have Clay mic'd up. And just randomly check even, in and see even what's when he's going. playing, even when he's playing, yes. Yes. even when he's playing. <laughs> just just see what's but, being said. <laughs> can we clear the air about something though, Mo? Uh, rock with me on this, okay? Uh, Giannis, the improbable rise of an NBA MVP. Uh, that's not crazy, but you know, it's it's the same format. Title yeah, no, no. and then the following. I'm right? with you on this. I'm with you on this. Bl- the blood in the have- garden. Our guy Chris Herring. Blood in the garden. The flagrant history of the 1990s New York Knicks. That's it's, pretty long. Titles that's now need a long. synopsis. Like this is a uh, uh, this is what you're about to read. The victory machine, the making and unmaking of the worst dynasty. Our guy Ethan, see, they all following golden model. Oh, what about Seth Partnow? The mid range theory, basketball's evolution in the age of analytics. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, man. I, maybe I started something with golden. Is, 20, is that what you wanted? You wanted to hear that you started the trend? Is that why you, nah, you threw I don't it to think me? I did. Or, no, he just doesn't like the slander that I'm throwing his way for. No, I actually I, I fully agree with you on this. When the KD one to me was the one where it's like, come on, y'all, what are y'all doing? Like Kevin Durant's <laughs> relentless pursuit to me. Like, come on, can we can we do something about this? Like, what about just call this, it KD. What about this by 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 my guy Alex Wong, just called Cover Story, and it's telling basketball, telling NBA history through like slam cover stories. It's just called Cover Story. Just, yeah, there's some other I'm, stuff. I'm there's some you. other there's words on the cover. But yeah, I, oh, if I say, oh, cover see. story by Alex Wong, people are going to know what I'm talking about. If you if just I, say Dynasties by Marcus Thompson, then people will know what you're talking about. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully. I don't know that what I'm talking about. I, I, I wouldn't brag. know what I'm talking about because I don't still have the damn book yet. You know? That, that was a <laughs> premature brag. My bad. Relax a little bit. The one thing I'm not buying with the Warriors, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on this. Uh, on the Warriors defense, they're the best defensive rebounding team in the league. And I don't know that that personnel lines up for me. Maybe I'm wrong on that, 
But it's crazy to me that they're the best defensive rebounding team in the league. I actually buy that. That I do buy that uh, because number one, everybody's shooting a ton of threes. Everybody's so perimeter oriented. It they actually have really good rebounding guards. I mean, Steph is averaging seven and a half rebounds. Like they have the wings is where they have the, have always had the defense, the length, right, and the rebounding. So you got. Guys like Andre, they were talking about how Andre never misses a box out. He boxes out every single time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, Andrew Wiggins, who probably doesn't rebound enough, but he's just six eight, so probably they'll just fall to him. They just gotta they they do the whole. We know we don't have a center. We so know we, we don't have do like that guy, so we all got to do it. And when yeah. you got Steph crashing the boards, right? When you got these OGs out here like doing like fundamental stuff and doing the hustle stuff it's hard not to kind of replicate that like that's the one thing i actually believe in but they also everybody's shooting threes man the rebounds are out the ball is spraying it's not like you just stand under the rim and get them like you're getting a lot of long rebounds the corner threes like that that doesn't produce a rebound by the rim right so right. i do feel like that's where you, your guards come into play uh, it's the to me, it's like the field goal percentage they hold teams to and, and how they just they, – they really can shut – they can turn the spigot off in a way that they used to be able to do when they would go with that uh, deaf lineup. And they they haven't been able to do – we haven't seen that in, in a long time. I don't think the Angelo Russell Warriors could do that. Yeah, I mean I, the I Oklahoma City happening. Thunder powerhouse offense – is tough right. to stop, right? Like, I mean, you like know what the, I'm saying? Like, man, hey, that's rough. Look, don't we'll sleep, though. Shea, Shea will cook you. Shea will cook you, but that's probably about it. But, I mean, you know, so I think there's some of that. I'm actually with Marcus on that. I think the defensive rebounding is real because they're just doing a great job of gang rebounding, which is what Marcus was saying. All five guys are, are, are there defensively in to get the rebound and then get out and get into transition right away. So I think that's the real thing. But the defense is... I want to see it when they play real competition, like yeah. actual tougher teams I think that's that, are, that are rolling. Like that's yeah. it's it's easy to piggyback these numbers right now based on the teams you're playing. I mean, Charlotte's struggling right now on on the on their West Coast swing. Uh, New Orleans without Zion, like yeah, you, where's the offense coming from on that team? And no Brandon Ingram, so like they're looking good, they're doing their job, but we also got to kind of like let's see how it plays out. Yeah. Um. All right. Do you guys know who the best offense in the league has been so far? Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for summer and warmer days. I know I'm looking outside right now. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. It's time to start getting outside. Uh, I know that I like to get outside and play basketball with my kids. And honestly, I need to get into a fitness routine in order to keep up with these guys. And Peloton is there for me. Peloton's varying class links were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout, whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. Peloton's classes were made to challenge you. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you're already excelling in. Peloton's program and instruction push you to be your best. Their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run indoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Miami Heat? No. No, surprisingly, Philly? no. You would you would think. Philly. Philly is the be best Philly. offense in the league. And look, we're going to talk Sixers here, and it's not centered around uh, 2-5 and whatever he's doing out there. I, I don't want to talk about I want to talk about what's happening on the court because Joel Embiid has not been that good. 
He's had some games, but he hasn't been like this you know dominant who has dude. Been good? Who? Seth Curry. Seth Curry is shooting the fucking lights out, Trey. Like the lights out. He's shooting 60% from the field, 50% from three. Like he has been a revelation for them in whatever this offense has been, you know, kind of centered around Embiid, but man. not asking Embiid to do it. And like he is reaping the benefits, Trey. Pay the man. Reconstruct that contract right now. Oh, my now. God. He's the second best player on the Sixers doing what he's supposed to do. Even even Yang stepped up. Like, I mean, they only had yeah. seven guys and came up big. I mean, I don't I don't love that for the Bulls. But when you look at it, this is their year, man. Like, not even like on like a win-it-all type thing. But, like, it's working in their favor. And they're starting to figure things out without 2-5. So, um, it's interesting how they move about this. You know what I mean? But they... They like, you know, playing basketball together at this point. You know what I mean? And I think Doc has kind of figured it out to get mm-hmm. his guys motivated and lock in despite outside noise. And I think that's, I think this early success, you know, they, and they, they had, a, had a great week, right? Like they, they take down the Blazers who are, are kind of in the middle there. Uh, they beat the Bulls twice. Sorry, Trey. But they beat the Bulls twice. And then they, you know, they beat the Pistons. Everybody beats the Pistons right now. But those are, those are three quality wins with two real quality wins against the Bulls. And it does afford them, like, there is no real panic. Other than not wanting to deal with the situation anymore, there is no, like, oh, God, we got to get this, this, you know, this two five situation settled and you know, and then we can move on like Mo, if this is what it looks like for them without him on the court, anybody they bring in in a potential trade. Yeah. There's going to be an adjustment period, but this is kind of like, it's going to just kind of be gravy for them. Yeah. There's, I mean, everything you said is right. There's no rush to it. And just when it's not just Seth Curry, who's lighting it up, you know, they have four guys shooting above 40% from three with the fewest attempts being, 4.6 from Danny Green. Joel Embiid's just under 40% at 39.4. Like they're shooting the lights out of the ball. They're getting good passing. They're getting good playmaking from Tyrese Maxey in his second year. They're getting stuff like I wasn't fully expecting them to have at the start of this season. And again, as long as they keep winning, it's like they don't need to even rush this this uh, situation with Simmons and, and try to find a, a trade. They'll just, hey, let's just wait till other teams start panicking because we're not a team that's panicking. Portland lost to them without Joel Embiid or Tobias Harris on the court. Like, you know, that's that's a big win for Philly right there for just those guys and a big boost for that team going like, yo, we can play. I am, Marcus, I'm, I am worried about Embiid, though. Because he's been dealing with knee soreness all season long, they say it's not a it's not a big thing. But I think if you are going to try to get him over this, now would be the time. I do think he should rest sooner rather than later. Maybe give him a week off or whatever that might take. Um, yeah, you might drop a couple of games here. Although Seth Curry's lead, to, I mean, he's playing a lot better than Steph is. If you if you ask me, Marcus, um, maybe he's the maybe he's the real golden one at this point. Maybe that's a maybe that's a fourth book for you. Uh, the, the platinum, platinum. That's what we gonna call it. Platinum, and then come with platinum. like a paragraph after yeah. that, right? Like come with some kind of like major yeah. heck of long sentence after it. I, I actually think last year's yeah. playoff. Two things are happening. L- last year's playoffs were huge. I think. I think that Steph, Seth, like saw how he could be like a, a playmaker for this team, and a little bit more than just a spot up shooter. But I also feel like, man, Doc thrives on this stuff, right? You bring some chaos to Doc Rivers, he's gonna make he's gonna make it happen. Like he he lives Love for this you. stuff. Lower expectations and bring some drama, and Doc Rivers is gonna work magic. This is his calling as an NBA coach. Yeah. I think. Let me let me tell you, Doc Rivers lied out of his ass this weekend when he won his one thousandth coaching victory. Right, one thousand in, in Chicago, victory. by the way. In Chicago, and he's like, "Oh, I didn't know. I, I had no idea until after the game. Like, get the fuck out of here, Doc. Everyone's telling you before. Hey, good luck tonight. Thousands coming your way. Like, people are telling you that. People are texting you that. PR is telling you. You know, some stats guy for the Sixers is telling you. You cannot tell me. You could not convince me. Doc Rivers didn't know that one thousandth victory was on the line because being humble, people it's, eat that up. It's faux humble though. You know, How does it, anyone it, buy it, that? It, it, hey, but you know what I'm about to say. But you know what I'm buying that. But you know what I'm about to say. What? And it's my motto moving forward. Fuck being humble. Gets yes. You nowhere. Yes. It gets you nowhere. It gets you, you know nowhere what I though. Hate Trey. Act like you've been there before. Fuck that. 
Act like you haven't been there before and you're never going to get back. So you're going to soak in every single second of that moment. Yep. Because every time when they do the whole retirement speech or they're finally about to call it quits, I wish I would have. Right. Right. Lock in, dog. You score 30, you score 50, pour the champagne on yourself. I want to see it. Go all in, bro. <laughs> but go all in. You have a 16-point quarter? In. Just pour champagne on yourself during the timeout. Absolutely. We, let's celebrate everything. That's what I want. I want to celebrate everything. Something we're not celebrating, the Lakers. Unless you hate the Lakers, then this looks great for you. If you hate the Lakers, you're all in on this. You're celebrating left and right. But, man, without LeBron James on the court, this team is not good. They blew 45 points worth of leads to the Thunder already this season in two games without LeBron and, and lost both games. 26-point lead and a 19-point and a lead. And then, I don't know, Anthony Davis had bubble guts or something Saturday night. He only played like seven or eight minutes. He left, and then it was just Russ against the Blazers. And it's not that they lost. It's that he was one of 13, right? And so I get it. Like, Russ gets probably overly scrutinized and overly criticized on, on the internet. And, and I'm not, and I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I get it though. If, if he's tired of that or some Lakers fans are now tired of it or whatever, any Russ supporters are tired of it. I get it. But the way that team looks without LeBron, I don't think it's a Russ problem. We saw it. We saw it with, with Anthony Davis. Like I think it's Marcus. I think it's a LeBron problem where that team is so used. Any team with him is so used to, to him meticulously crafting everything that's on the floor throughout a game that when that's taken away, I do think there's a little bit of like, Oh shit. Now what do we do? And it's not back. It's not back just to play. It's not just playing basketball anymore. Like, I think it's like, it's a legitimate, like, Oh no, we've got to do all this stuff now. I I think that's why this is such a big problem. Uh, You know, Russ, he, he wasn't good on the opening night, but remember he had a good, a good game after that. And everybody was like, see, this is how it's going to work, right? And that's why he's here for games like last night. That's why he's here. Yeah. So LeBron yeah, yeah. can be easy and you got another like MVP caliber player, uh, allegedly, who can carry the ship, who can go eat innings and build up numbers. Alleged, so if, if he isn't indeed. doing this, I know, right? If he isn't doing this, then you got to wonder, what 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 is he gonna do? Like, how does he help this team? Because the the concern that I had, like, was like, yeah, Russ is going. Russ is gonna do his job, and like when LeBron is out or AD is out, and they just need him to take over. Russ gonna do his thing. He's gonna get twenty, twenty, and eleven, and they'll win a game, right? And and he'll get to carry that, and then they'll worry about what happens in the playoffs when they all need to be on the court together. Like that's the issue to put down the line because he's just not that good off the ball. He can't shoot. So his value with LeBron seems limited, but at least he'll get LeBron fresh and healthy to the playoffs. Right. Right. But at this rate, they might be a playing team if LeBron don't hurry up and get back. So that it's like, then if he doesn't do this part, I don't know what he does for them because it certainly ain't hit the, you know, spread the floor for LeBron. He ain't going to be a floor spacer. So if this is what he should be able to do, and then he goes to Portland and gets owned by, where, where's Damian Lillard from again? I forgot. Where's he from? He went to Weber State, I, right? Look, look, I would, I, I would love to, I would love to hear that shout out, Marcus, but I ain't rolling. He's been stinky too. He been really stinky. <laughs> I don't want to, but, but I don't want to hear he a Wilson ball. He was Listen, sticky against I, Russ, though. He he woke up. He woke up a meaningful game. I don't hear nothing about no Wilson ball. I don't hear Nate Jones. I don't hear none of that. Look, oh, wow. They, they, Nate? No. Nah, because Nate, 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 Nate my man. Nate my man. But, you know, I'm cool. I'm off that. They, sure out here, they out here stinking it up. But, yes, Russ, I seen something talking about, oh, Russ needs to adjust to the environment. He needs to adjust. No, he's from Los Angeles, California. He knows what he signed up for. He's been trying to be a Laker most of his career. He's here now. He doesn't like the media asking questions. He still wants to be a dick towards them. No, it don't work like that when you play for the show. It's either the Knicks or the Lakers, and you're going to get that You gonna get that attention that comes with it. You shooting one for 13? Ain't going to happen, bro. You shooting these mid-range jumpers. And even when he plays a solid, a solid game, think about that turnover where he drove and the ball oh, went out, out of bounds. 
he basically yeah, erased that whole good game he had. And he was scratching his face and Melo's just sitting there and there's zero accountability because these dudes are friends off the court and don't hold each other accountable. So it's, it just trickles down to be some bad stuff. And then obviously, you know, the jokes of LeBron being the GM and he's looking to trade guys. That's real. It's not him being a GM, but he's definitely putting pressure on management. Like, look, if things don't shake up by February, I need the best guys out there to make me win. You know what I mean? Like, because this ain't it. This is really not it, dude. And like, I understand Russ is passionate. He really wants to do well in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. But you got to play good basketball when you're playing with LeBron James. And both of these dudes don't move without the ball. They both need the ball. Russ is not going to automatically start cutting. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not yeah. going <laughs> to automatically start shooting the ball from the mid-range yeah, you gotta, well. You got to craft that, man. He's not, like the he's Lakers not changing don't, his the Lakers, game after 10 years. Oh, and Laker fans don't care about a triple-double. If you're not winning, like, they've been so spoiled with championships and making the playoffs, it doesn't matter anymore. No disrespect to the, the Wizards fan base, but they were happy they made the play-in and got into the playoffs. Yeah. The Lakers, it's ring or bust. They do not want to hear none of that stuff. And they are turning their head saying, oh, Westbrook should come off the bench. Rondo should start. Oh, we need to trade him. Oh, we should have traded for Buddy Hill. It is starting to get louder. And he's starting to hear it because he's from Los Angeles and more people. It's, it's very rare that somebody's going to come in and say, Russ, you know what? It's going to get better. LeBron can keep telling him to go home and watch a comedy if he wants to. But if they get any close to playing... Oh, it's going to be hell. Yeah, I mean, that's you, tough. you brought it up. The, the worst part for Laker fans is then seeing Buddy Heald shooting 41.7% from three on 10 attempts. You know, it's just like. Yeah, he's firing, man. We, 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 <laughs> maybe, maybe we made a mistake. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's the, it's the bright lights, right? Like, oh, star name. Let's go get that. And, and I, and I do think, I don't think the reasoning was flawed in the sense that like, Hey, this allows AD to maybe take some time off. This allows LeBron to maybe take some time off, and they don't have to, you know, kill themselves throughout. And if you, as we learned from Brooklyn last year, if you have three of those guys, it means you always have one of those guys. Except that's not how it looks so far. It's not working out that way so far. And the worse it looks in situations like like Saturday night or the two times against the Thunder, um, I trust. I think when LeBron's there, I don't really have a whole lot of worries about them being one of the better teams in the league. But it's like LeBron's still at the stage of like, it doesn't it's not, Oh, let's just see if you're good. It's championships are bust. That's just the standard LeBron has. Even in, you know, year 45 that he ends up playing, it's still going to be championship or bust as long as he's in shape and he's, he's healthy. So he's got to get healthy. Otherwise that's just going to get real. Ugly. Which, and it's what, gonna be does LeBron, does LeBron uh, like what, what, what does you think is better for him that everybody clearly sees he's still like the man and it's unmatchable and they can't win without him or is he pissed because he probably should have got Buddy Hill? <laughs> um, I think he's pissed. Yeah, I think he's mad. Because he's past this now of like, I'm the man or this part of the conversation at this point. I think uh, he... I wouldn't say he's past it. Uh, I don't know about that. I, I I feel he is to the point at least where he's just realizing. Like, go, t- go tweet him, Washed King. Then go tweet him, Washed King, and then let me know I how that goes. Tweeting him for this whole thing. <laughs> I'm not trying to cause that stuff, Zach. Always trying to cause drama. Um, no, but like when you're just looking at it, going like they had a deal on the table for Buddy Heald, and he ch- turned around and said, "No, no, no, we want Russ." Like he 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 screwed the pooch. Now he'll never take the blame for that, but. I mean, he's got to be kind of more pissed about not going, not making the right decision there in that instance, although he'll never fully admit he made the mistake. There's still time to fix it. I just fear that that fix is like, well, I guess we can trade him for John Wall. I don't know if that's going to work out. I don't think that's going to work. All right. Before we go, I want, you know, we're three weeks into the season at this point, not quite at that point in the season where you can feel like, yes, this is 100% you know, what to expect from a team that usually happens about 20 games in. We're about 10 games in for most teams. But Mo, I want to know, good or bad, who's a surprise team for you so far? I'm going to end this on a positive note. I'm going the Washington Wizards. Yeah. 
They're fun, to, man. They're a lot of fun. They're playing defense. They've got wins over the Celtics twice, one in double overtime, a nice win over Atlanta. You know, like this is a fun team, six and three, got a nice point differential. Everybody's kind of rolling. And I don't even feel like uh, Bradley Beal has fully even gone off yet. Like I just, they're fun to watch. They play hard. Montrez Harrell's playing defense. Like I'm impressed with, with his defense in some of these games. Overall, man, like this is just a fun team to watch. That's my surprise team. Uh, Trey, what about you? What's a surprise team, good or bad? Uh-oh. Trey, you muted. Still muted. Did we lose doesn't, believe, doesn't believe in any surprise team. Oh, I'm, I'm, no, I muted myself on accident. <laughs> I thought I was unmuting. But uh, my surprise team is the Warriors. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I didn't expect that hot start that they had. Marcus, sure. what about what about you? You're also muted. Nobody can work the mute button on the pod today. <laughs> Marcus, you're still muted. My bad, my bad. Yeah, I was, I was. Jay, gone, keep too. all this in. Trey, Trey stole my answer. I was gonna no, say the Warriors. No, you don't Warriors, get to pick the Warriors. I do get to pick the Warriors. Uh, this is another opportunity to 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 rave about my uh, Jordan Poole and my uh, Gary Payton second prediction. So uh, Jordan Poole's not I'm, been, I, he's been good for two games. Okay, he's had two games. He's been good for three out of the seven. Man, you got to learn some respect. They played eight the games. What are you talking about? <laughs> Three, four out of the four out of the eight, at least yeah, half the games. There's no way. There's no at way. least true. half Absolutely the games. Not. Absolutely. And keep in mind, uh, it's not like Steph's been tearing it up either. So the games he's been he's been good in has been pretty important. All right, I'm gonna go with my surprise team. I thought Phoenix would be better. I mm, figured they'd yeah. be in the. I, I figured they would be in the Jazz <laughs> like or Warrior spot. Like they'd be hot coming off the the West Finals. Uh, and even before the whole Sarver drama, right? They were still kind of scuffling. Uh, it feels like they're gaining their feet now. But I'll tell you who I'm not surprised about, Zach. I'm not surprised about these Chicago Bulls, who I told you would be at uh, in the top of the Eastern Conference. Guess where they are right now? Number three in so. the East, mm-hmm. six and three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I remember listening to you, Trey, say that on Buzz and thinking, "Oh yeah, Zach, Zach dis- uh, discredited my." my Bulls pick, and then he he went after you. He's killing you for bringing up the Bulls and the greatness of the Bulls. So, Zach, at some point, yeah. you're going to have to acknowledge the fact that you were wrong about these DeMar DeRozan, Zach Levine, Lonzo Ball, Chicago Bulls. Their next eight games, home to the Nets, home to the Mavs, at Warriors, at Clippers, at Lakers, at Blazers, at Nuggets, home to the Knicks. We'll see. It's hard to also tout the Bulls when they've lost two, st- two straight to Philly. <laughs> Not fully <laughs> good healthy. Team they played, yes. <laughs> you know, like they didn't have, hey man, they didn't have everybody the everybody losing to Philly, though. They didn't, they everybody didn't. losing to Philly, though, in fairness. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, you're you're touting it and pumping your, uh, pounding your chest and all that. Like, man, you know. Hey, that's a good team they lost to. They, beat, they didn't they have beat, their guys. They had they seven guys the jazz, in the last game. They've beaten the Jazz, and they've beaten – uh, Boston and they Boston's not good. Boston beat the sucks. Knicks. Yeah, I, that Boston. was a reach. That was a reach. That was definitely a reach. <laughs> trying to slip that one past. Get out of here. I can just see you going through the schedule, going like, "Ooh, Boston. They're normally good." I'm Let's just, go. Yeah, just, that's literally what happened right there. That is exactly how it went down right there. I'm just like, oh, look at these teams. They beat oh Toronto. Oh no, 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 no. They did beat Toronto. But I'm just saying, Philly's good. There's no shame in losing to Philly. That's all mm-hmm. I'm saying. Like, mm-hmm. that's a good team. Yeah. Without um, half their guys, okay. It's not a surprise to me, but it's been a surprise to everybody else. I tried to tell you all the Toronto Raptors were for real. I tried to tell you the Toronto Raptors are a good team, even until Pascal Siakam comes back. Which looks you mean like, the Raptors who lost to the Bulls, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. Without their yeah. best player, without their best player. Here's the thing: the Raptors switching everything. Still got a bunch of young dudes figuring things out, and they're winning games. Ran five straight. Five straight. And here's the best part about this. It's not Siakam's that Pascal, playing a five. It's not it's not that Pascal Siakam hasn't been there yet. They haven't even utilized their secret weapon. Malachi Flynn, San Diego mm. State legend, point god of the Aztecs. That's right. At some point, they're gonna unlock the door and Malachi Flynn's gonna come in and he's gonna wreck these fools. He is the secret weapon. We got him, we got OG, we got Scotty Barnes, Precious Achua. Fred Van Vliet's starting to get going. Gary Trent Jr.'s locking people up left and right. 
This Raptors team is legit. I want some respect on their names, Marcus. I don't want you to start, you know, dismissing what they've done. I want respect for the Raptors. We the North, Zach, baby. Zach, the North is starting today. Van Vliet, Trent, Barnes, Siakam, and Abdunobi. And, and Pascal starting at the five. So. Let's That's see, the let's future see what this right there. Looking like. and let's, see, let's see what happens when they bring Malachi Flynn off the bench. I'm telling you, Aztec legend. One Is he going to get any Aztecs minutes ever. off the bench? What? Is he going to get minutes off the bench? Well, he hasn't so far because they haven't needed him yet. They're just like, you know what? We can survive. And at some point, it's like the Princess Bride, right? He's like, oh, by the way, I'm not left-handed. Switches that sword to the right. Starts making fools regret that they're fighting. Mm-hmm. That's what Malachi Flynn is. It's him saying, hey, by the way, we're not left-handed. Boom. Okay. Okay. I, I, I'm in on the Raptors, though. Flynn sanity, baby. But, but I'm not all Just in on Just get ready Malachi for Flynn, Flynn sanity. That's right. Ooh, That's going to okay. do it for this edition of Basket Buds on the Athletic Podcast show on the Athletic Podcast Network. Make sure you subscribe to The Athletic. Make sure you're checking out. Uh, Mo, plug your Twitch stream. It's really good. A lot of information for, for hoop heads that want to know more about the game. Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. I run through basically a whole bunch of games, end of game stuff, what the rookies are looking like, going to deep dives, twitch.tv slash M-O-D-A-K-H-I-L underscore NBA. Come check it out. There you go. Make sure you're checking out all Marcus's work. Make sure you're buying every single book because he's not going to send it to you. So you've got to go buy the book. And the latest one, Dynasties, the 10 GOAT teams that changed the NBA forever. Make sure you're checking that in stores. Make sure you're checking out all the podcasts hey, I got on your the Athletic. fellas. Thanks a lot. I got, I got your address, Mo. I got it. Uh, you need mine again? You need mine again? <laughs> I only got half the trunk full of these books right <laughs> Make sure you subscribe to the Athletic. Make sure you're checking out No Dunks, all the team-specific shows. You got the Daily Ding every single morning on your Athletic NBA show feed. Make sure you're checking out all that and keep it locked in on the Athletic. Yeah, that's the the neat part. And honestly, I had no idea that I was at 999. I I don't count. That's not why I do it. Um, And 